Hello? Can I ask you a question? Why are you gay? Her. LGBT. I know that's right. Her. <laughs> Wrong answer, forehead. Lizard! Not another one? What is this? Bitch! We're in a different era. It's not to go down. Where you are right now? Black people be. Her. You are. Black people purr. Yeah, it's funny game. Bitch, let's go! Hey guys, I'm Be the Half, and welcome to this month's episode of the Halftime Show with an audio game interview where I talk to other people besides Adriana for once. Uh, my next guest is truly a special force, a shining star, if you will. As the forefront of Disco Soul Resurgence, their 2021 independent album, Indigo, received critical acclaim. With 100k and counting streams, went triple platinum in my car, and they received titles, Rising Black Star title, competed in Billboard's first ever Next Independent Artist competition, and their most recent single, If You Want My Love, landed them a coveted spot on Genius's open mic competition. You know them, you've heard us rant and rave about them. They're from Memphis, Memphis. It's Jordan occasionally. What's up, y'all? I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I like love your accent. Oh, I don't know. It's so cute. I'm like flat out tell you though, like after our conversation yeah. the pre-show, I literally started looking at houses in Memphis. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to move to Memphis. Honestly, that's just that's just that Memphis thing. Like we, we pull everybody in. We just have that type of energy where it's like, come home to family. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, you know what? I never thought about Memphis as like a permanent home, but then I started like looking at the houses and I was like, these are cute. They have the little cottage style houses. Yeah. Right by the river. I was like, you know what? I might I might move down here. Plus all your shows like so entertaining and inviting. Like, is that overall representative of Memphis culture? Like how I see like your Instagram yes i would say so like memphis we gonna hype up anything we (laughs) like we're gonna be the loudest people in the crowd we're gonna be the biggest hype man you go to a grocery (laughs) store you have a whole conversation with the cashier like it's just one of those places Uh where it it is very family style and you know people say Mm -hmm. hey to you when you walk by them you know, mm-hmm. white people get out of the way of the sidewalk when you walk past them. So, yeah, like, black people don't My type of town. <laughs> um, and when I was, like, researching more stuff about Memphis, also came across something that we also talked about in pre-show about, like, the soul gene and, like, how people yeah. in the South kind of have a soul gene. Do you think that there is a soul gene? And, like, you know, who who determines who has a soul gene and who doesn't? Like, could you give me, like, an yes. overview? Well, black people definitely determine who has a soul <laughs> Probably the aunties are going to determine it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yes, I, there's definitely a soul gene in the South because just everywhere you go, there's soul music, like there's blues music, there's R&B. Mm-hmm. And then in Memphis specifically, there's a Bible Belt here. So that mm-hmm. church background kind of seeps into every single genre, including hip hop. So Right. I feel like that's just what this whole gene is. Like we're surrounded by so much, you know, it has to do with who you are and your culture. And like if if you're not from this part of the city or something like that, like people are going to bust your balls. So it's like you got to be mm-hmm. authentic. You got to be real. And like Memphis is right. just the most real you can get. Right. The soul gene is like just being yourself, being real, being authentic. Literally. That's it. And you'll get by. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. 
So, like, your influences that we talked about is, like, Steve Lacey, Chloe and Halle, Beyonce, Ari Lennox, Anita Baker. Yeah. Like, all these people you would say embody the soul gene. Probably yes. for, like, a more modern, like, Gen Z kind of thing. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> they embody the soul gene. Like, it's not just the timbre of the voice, but just mm-hmm. the way that the music makes you feel. Like, very mm. healing, very uplifting. I would say Steve Lacey is very, like, that guitar, it's just yeah. so real. And, and the vibe that he captures, it makes you want to move. And like, obviously, Chloe and Halle with their ethereal mm-hmm. vocals, but Ari Lennox and Anita Baker, you just kind of feel feel the right. soul like in the record, you feel like you're watching them perform it. And like, that's really what soul is like, you feel so connected to someone who you've never even met. And you just mm-hmm. can understand their emotion and their realness through their lyrics. Like they don't try to be anybody else. They just want to be themselves. And I, I feel like that that is what soul is. Soul is also like healing music in my opinion mm-hmm. like um and so when you listen to it you're automatically like transported to a space mm-hmm. where you feel you're most free and you feel you're most vulnerable and what all of those artists have in common is they just feel things so deeply that you probably don't even know what they're saying because they're singing they're holding out a, a note or right. something but that's what soul is all about it's not always about the lyrics but but the mm-hmm. vibe right that's a good way to put it I think that, like, when I, like, was looking at a lot of the stuff that you've done, uh, and just, like, from following you on Twitter and Instagram and, like, seeing your progress and your journey, I definitely think that you embody the soul gene. I mean, you freaking, like, majored in African-American, like, history, right? Listen, I said I was going to be black as fuck. Like, I'm going to learn <laughs> everything. Y'all, no white person better ever cross me again, because I'm about to say <laughs> what I need to say. Like, I, I feel like I grew up very defiant at all mm-hmm. times of social norms like yes mm-hmm. ma'am yes sir all of that type of mm-hmm. stuff and a lot of people used to look at me differently but whenever mm-hmm. i learned something like whenever i learned that something was rooted in something that felt wrong i would like just try to model the behavior i wanted to see in the world and that made me defiant because you know capitalism and all of this is based off of like white european standards like down to the way mm-hmm. you dress and and right you Hair. know the way you speak and all this. And so I was right. very defiant of that because I, I like to ask questions. And when you ask a lot of questions growing up, like mm-hmm. people know that you can't conform because you don't accept what you see around you. So I Definitely. wanted to study African-American studies in college. And my major was music business because I wanted to find oh. ways to in- integrate African-American history and in, in, um, into my music and find a mm-hmm. way to start those important conversations about history that has just been mm-hmm. forgotten, especially when it comes to Black, queer, and trans folks. Mm-hmm. So you were a double major. Dang. Okay, Einstein. Listen, I, okay, <laughs> I, I majored in music business, and I minored in African American studies, and I was like one okay. credit away from graduating with a minor. But I didn't ma- I didn't get that last credit, but I still be saying mm-hmm. that I ate that. Like, <laughs> I don't care. You know what? <laughs> That's I graduated late. Like, honestly, it's not about... The diploma is about like the knowledge that you put forth. Also, I've never had a job like contact me. Like, Send a picture <laughs> of your period, diploma. Like, literally, literally. Like nobody's got, ever asked me for it. <laughs> exactly. I got that music biz degree, but still, all these artists right. struggling out here. Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, I'm just like, doing what I do. <laughs> that music business so vital. Like, yes, yeah. It's so I don't sign any. any last time my life away, <laughs> basically. Right. I see that happen so much. Like. Exactly. It, it's a little worrisome um 
especially when I look like I'm studying, I'm thinking about going to law school and like I'm looking at the stats of, you know, who's a lawyer and what like percentage of, you know, lawyers or what race and what like type yeah. of law they study. And I was like, first of all, everybody's white. Like, I mean, Literally. Like, that's just a given. But it really disturbed me how big the percentage of like entertainment lawyers are white versus like, you know, what percentage of entertainers are black. It just made me feel like very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and it was like, you know your lawyer could rip you off like there's so they many could. as a musician I yeah as a musician like your label could rip you off you know even if you're a small artist like you know you cannot get paid for a performance somebody could rip you off they could pay you late like it, it just feels like at every turn artists um especially musicians have Honestly. like some type of friction against them yeah I mean I'm loving that you're looking into that because we need as many black entertainment lawyers we can get especially black non-binary and black femme lawyers right like, it's just it's the music industry, like studying it in college and being a part of it presently, is still very male dominated in every mm-hmm. sense of the space. And you mm-hmm. will see marginalized people, but they won't be holding the positions at the top, the presidential. I mean, not the presidential, right. but the CEO and the COO right. and executive. Like it's all going to be white men and then a couple of white women it's and so it's like in that sense is that really progress when the workers who can't really gain capital um look like you but even when a few slip through the cracks they don't do anything to change the status quo they just kind of go on with whatever makes them money so we can use as much as many yeah yeah we can use as many people as as we get (laughs) Yeah, because I was even thinking about um, your Billboard Next competition. Yeah. And I was like, you know, they have like this front of, you know, largely like musicians of color. Yeah. And like queer musicians. And I was like wondering like what the behind the scenes was looking at. <laughs> and like, you know, you finished top six. So congratulations, like regardless Thank of you. what the background is looking at. Oh um, my gosh. But like, like, what was that like to compete in that anyway? Let me what? spill the tea a bit, but also I'm going to keep it just in case I ever end up on the charts one day. But like, I, I feel like, you know, they advertise it as a space where everyone would have an equal opportunity regardless mm-hmm. of how many followers you had. Mm-hmm. But in any of the rules, they say you can't purchase likes and all that type of stuff. And mm-hmm. there were a few people purchasing likes and comments, mm-hmm. and those were the people that were like you could see they were bot comments they were all saying follow jesus and all that. like i had nothing right. to do like i listened to the music <laughs> like of everybody on the thing like i try to give every equal opportunity i was like ain't nobody touching uh jordan occasionally so and, uh, and number one through five hitting four and period and like i do think the person that got first place definitely deserved it like every time i mm-hmm. saw their videos i was like timeless vocals but also right. it was like you would win um, were a chance to work with Charlie XCX. And then I'm looking mm. at like the history of some of these people and they've already worked with Charlie XCX like in the past. Oh. So I was like, so they did kind of point out their, like the top three was not indicative of the talent because there are many moments where I felt that not only did I deserve to be higher, but also maybe some people did like, they just were more creative than me and I felt they deserved to right. be higher. But the same three people were pushed to the front no matter what they did, even if it was mm. just the most basic bare minimum stuff. And right. it just let me know that from the beginning, like they already had the contract with certain people and it was They knew yeah, the background stuff. Exactly. It was probably an artist that they signed to do mm-hmm. something, some type of commitment. This was just that way to help promote them a bit and mm-hmm. the rest was fluff. But either right. way, looks good on my resume, and I got a Billboard record, so I'm good. <laughs> right, that's what we're talking about, Billboard record. And that's pretty Yeah, good. like, 
how did you find the competition in the first place? Did you find it through TikTok? I know you're like yeah. huge on TikTok. I found it through TikTok. I was, listen, when Indigo came out, I was in the era of applying for everything. I almost applied for everything. I saw. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, dang, Jordan going to run for president or something? Like, like we was unemployed. When Indigo came out, we was unemployed. Pandemic was That's like, when the best music be made, though. Yes. As quiet as it's kept, when you're unemployed down and out. You, you gonna do anything, anything. Like I had the most money I ever had in my bank account because of that stimulus. Like I was just applying to anything because I just had time Ooh, on like, my hands fuck it. and I was gonna promote this album. So this right. popped up on TikTok. You promoted the shit out of that album. I got Listen, the shirt on right now my- for nobody who. <laughs> I made every playlist, like, I signed up for every, even Genius, like, before this Genius thing happened, there was, like, Mm -hmm. a Genius Discord, and I was on that, too, and Mm. anything, like, I was gonna make sure that people knew Indigo existed, and... That's beautiful. Exactly, so this was just that, this was an extension of that, and it was, Mm. it was fun to challenge myself, I think what I learned from it was that I'm a creative, like, I I can, Mm -hmm. like, you only had two days to do certain things so mm-hmm. in those two days i've really created the lyrics and the arrangement for certain things mm-hmm. and it just showed me that i'm a star so right <laughs> not a rising star shooting star and, and that's period literally <laughs> that's period i was how, just talking about that how like, do you feel like not embarrassed because like for podcast stuff i just logged back into canva <laughs> and like started scheduling stuff like i'm so maybe self-conscious yeah. of the stuff that I'll put out. And, like, you know, people will always give me, like, good reviews and stuff, and I'm like, you're lying. Like, yes. or, like, you know, like, I don't deserve to, like, you know, run for this thing. How do you kind of get over that fear of, like, insignificance or, yeah. you know, like, not feeling good enough or, like, feeling like you don't want to promote something because you're scared people are not going to like it? How do you get over all of those different That's such a great question. Like, I really just try to get in tune with my inner child because mm. when I was younger – I was in acapella groups. Like, that's as weird as it gets. You making noise with your, with your mouth. Like, you ain't got no instruments. It's pitch perfect. Like, that's Not she was on Glee. What? Like, honestly, it's just like, that acapella era, it had all of us by the, in a chokehold. So, oh, wow. when I was in that, I just feel like it doesn't get more weird than this. And mm. so, me performing by myself, my own original music, like, that's mild in Mm -hmm. in terms of anything else I do and like even like you know lip singing to a song that I've recorded on TikTok like it's just you know you have to be willing to embarrass yourself a bit in the music industry Mm. and I think the performances we remember the most are the performances where the artist went all out and was Mm -hmm. so animated and so weird and so down to like into themselves and so that's Mm -hmm. who I want to be because I feel like it's not weird. It's it's just you being authentic, and that's what's scary. We are too afraid mm. to be vulnerable because we don't want to be made fun of for our vulnerability. But in the reality, the people that love you and cherish you, they love you for those parts of yourself. And so that's what I try to capture. Mm. That spoke to me actually. Like I felt that felt that coming. <laughs> You're the best. Like beautiful. you, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh my goodness. Speaking of acapella, that's kind of a questionable impression. I don't know. I'm trying to segue. I'm on segue and I'm sorry for for the animals. Y'all I'm in the South. There's there's oh, cicadas. <laughs> they still here. Like I had to close and board up my windows. Like, don't worry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um speaking of acapella groups, that's kind of questionable. It's time for questionable impressions. Yes. That's a fun game. 
So I'm going to spin the wheel and I'm going to give you a person, place, or character, whatever it lands on. You'll have to do your best impression and then continue the interview with that impression until the timer buzzes. Are you ready? Yes, I hope so. (laughs) Jordan, your questionable impression is a Southern Baptist woman who thinks she's better than everyone else. (laughs) Her motto is, come as you are, but not as a hoochie. Oh, she's real. Okay, does it start now? Uh, Yeah, and I'll probably do it with you because I love doing these. Okay. No, this is everything. I'm ready. So, Jordan, I just had a few questions about some of the lyrics in your song. They were a little raunchy, um, especially off Indigo. You know, it was a little sensual. It was a little warm in here. Um, specifically, set the mood and what you want. They feel a little more personal. Are these about your partner? You know, I don't I don't know how you queers do it, but um I was just asking that question. Well, you know, it's it's hard. I'm I'm glad we're talking about this on a on a Saturday and not a Sunday, because that's the Lord's Right, day. amen. That, amen, amen. That's the Lord's thing. Let's and amen to that. Um, but you know, you know, in my church, uh, uh we accept them the LGBT uh, the LGBT and the, the, the leg booties the leg booties if you will and um you know they sit right in the front of the pews we they come as they mm. are um you know, water, not, too, water, not too hoochie but but you know right. um yeah that song uh set the mood and um what you want yeah i was you know i was i was on my demon time the the devil had demon. me oh lord um, they had you in the ha- he had lord. me by the throat a bit you know and 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 i did i ended up going to a camp about that but but that's uh-huh. for another day. Hoochie camp, hoochie camp. Yeah, it was it was something else. But but you know, but but what do you want? Yeah, that that was about. You know, I I met this this young man, and um, mm. you know, he it got me riding my feels. This was in my young days. All right. Many and, young uh, days. Yeah, I I just had to sing about him. Right, right. Until the neighbors heard all of the commotion, and and then you got the inspiration. It's true, you know. And I'm I'm celibate now. I'm celibate. But, celibate, but, amen. And amen. And, amen. and let's Jesus. thank God for that. I'm saying, I'm. I'm hey, let's let's thank God for the celibacy. And let's thank let's thank the Lord for that. And you know, but but you know, I, you know, the Lord knows that that I love the ladies as well, and 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 the ladies, and so, ladies and, amen. and so I've already paid my dues. So so set to me what dues. you want, it, even though it's about my romantic partner. You know, I really right. just wanted the listener to also put themselves into the music and and and, right. and, and love who they love as well, because I right. I, I know God is a jealous God, but. But he God is a jealous God. Well. Yes, Lo- God loves us all. Amen. He loves us amen. all as we are. He He loves us all. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Uh, follow up question for you. So, what is it like working with a romantic partner within the music industry? You know, I know that you and your romantic partner, uh, they produce. You sing. What is that like? You know. And any tips for anyone trying to go down those roads? Because I too have worked with romantic partners on hey, music before. And it has crashed and burned. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. I mean, just. Hey, Amen. Thank you for the answer. Thank you. Right. You, you know, we we have to be honest before the lower. It's true. You know, true. I, I we have to come as it are. But what is it like? Any suggestions, any tips for people who want to work with their romantic partners, but are scared that it might cause a rift in the relationship? And you know it might cause that rift. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that you may not have an argument. You know, uh, you know, working with a romantic partner, especially on Indigo, and you have those songs where you know I'm talking about 
you know, girl, it's been a minute since you checked your phone. It's really, right. it's really just, just me having a good old time. But then my partner was right. like, oh, so you're cheating on me. And I, and I wasn't oh, cheating my on me. I wasn't. I, I really wasn't. But, you know, I just wanted to make a fun story. And a lot, a lot of my right. music. It, it it doesn't always come from a personal place. Sometimes it comes right. from conversations with friends, because uh, right. all of my friends are queer, and so right. you know, or it may be an exaggeration of me playing scenarios out in my head because right. I have a Pisces moon. So oh, Pisces moon, oh heaven blesses. <laughs> you know yes. how we are. We tend to get a little on the delusional side. Lord have mercy, y'all are delusional. So, and it's true. But me, but my partner and I, we we uh, argued at that because they were like, I hope you're not cheating on me, and I just had to oh, reassure Lord. them that I was had a reassure. Right, you right. know, you know, you give know. that lot of reassurance within that. You know. Very much so. And then and then oh, okay. he, he got over it because it's like you know I'm oh, bisexual my. and I'm gonna make right. music that is right for the girls and the gays. You know, right. I do love I the ladies. Understand. God knows that. Love God knows and love the ladies. Whew. Love Amen the ladies himself. Um, you were talking about being a Pisces moon. Yeah. Um, your smash hit, It's a Party. I don't know if it's a smash hit for anybody else, but I freaking love this song. Like, I mean, the, the song, The streets do on, turn up like, to that one. Amen. They get the, the, fr- the freaks will turn up to that. that one. Amen. And I am a freaking date. Uh, <laughs> the lyric I always think about is, maybe it's my Libra Venus, Leo Mars. It's our season. Got me thinking you came in my life for a reason. Yeah. Now, I, Amen. I too have a Libra Venus. What? What? Oh. I, I too am cursed with the Libra Venus. Amen. Uh, for so I feel you. I feel you. Oh. Can you explain to the ones out Shut there who do not have the Libra Venus how it makes you act uh, as a lover? Let and me for, you know, for those that don't resonate with that in the spirit. Let me tell you, you know, sometimes I dabble in that tarot. I know, I know some people say it's demonic, mm, but, yeah. but you know, you know, I, I, I dabble in that tarot. I Damn, in it's, okay. it's a It's part of the divination. It is, it is, and amen, amen. Amen. And so I, I, you know, my Libra Venus on top of that Pisces moon, it just, it just makes me fall in love instantly. It doesn't matter mm. one day, one minute. I, I look at somebody right. and I fall in love. And, and, and so right. I had to mention that. I had to mention that. Amen. Amen. And that Leo Mars, you know, when you meet a Leo Mars, they're passionate about who they love. They're a little bit on the uh, uh, the clingy side of it. They they can't a have that person. You know, As like Leo that person. Son, I do agree. I do. I do agree. You know what it's like. And, and, and you I know, do. just like God is a jealous God, you know, Leo Mars are jealous bitches. And so, amen, excuse my language on that one. Oh, no, uh, no worries. God, God forbid, God forbid. Causing my heart and hope to die. But, yes, you know, I had to make sure to write that lyric there because I wanted mm-hmm. the people to know, to resonate. Um, you know, astrology right. was really big for me, and, and God understands, right. you know, they say God made the stars, so that's why I wanted right. to go ahead and put that in there. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. You know, I just remember that I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a sidereal Pisces moon. So, you know, I, I truly can resonate with you full heartedly. Oh, um, I love that A lot of same placements. Yes. Yes. That's sidereal right there. Well, uh, JD, occasionally we have reached the end of our first game. <laughs> <laughs> that oh was my gosh. So funny. Y'all, I had um, to trigger I'm, I had to trigger that side of my trauma from my auntie, y'all. Did that <laughs> jump into that? <laughs> that was perfect role, y'all. so i'm gonna have to give that like i don't know ten thousand points yes! 
Why not? I'm winning. That was funny. That was really funny. (laughs) Sorry to everyone else because I won. Like, I don't complain. (laughs) You know what? And look, we're just... We don't know who's going to get kicked off, but 10,000 to start is the good. I don't know. I got to find a better way to like dish out points. I just come from <laughs> No, the top you of my can head. just give me 1 million. We're good. <laughs> 1 million and like wipe the board clean. Nobody else can. Yeah, no <laughs> one else can get to points that, tonight. Show. Like, they'll see. Um, so like talking about Indigo, it was such a fun project. Like I when I say I truly enjoyed it, like again, I'm literally wearing the freaking t-shirt. Thank but, you. But um Adrian and I kept this on repeat, like back in like 606 studio, like Aww. our first repo- podcast recording studio. Um and you told me in pre-show that you are going to drop an EP sometime this year. What Maybe. can we like expect from this upcoming project? Like not necessarily um a release date or a type of music. But I'm really more interested in, like, what's the color scheme for this project? Because the Indigo cover, when I tell you, like, (laughs) I think in the last three to five years, this is my favorite uh, cover from an independent artist. Like, truly. It's very beautiful. If you haven't seen um, Jordan Occasionally's Indigo cover, like, please go look at it. It's absolutely beautiful. No, honestly, like, oh, I love that you asked for the color scheme because I think colors tell a lot and, like, when I chose yes. Indigo, I wanted to let people be reminiscent of the Indigo children. Like, it's very much mm-hmm. so connected to the stars as well and just this idea. That, that was my next question. Uh, we're yeah. tuned. Oh, I, oh I, I hate that I'm jumping ahead. But yeah, like. Just, no, you're good. Like, I think Indigo, especially in Africa, like, it's a very, like, in the past, it was a royal color. And it just meant people that, mm-hmm. you know, are coming to save the world and change the world. And during that time, I felt like a lot of people stepped up. And Mm -hmm. became leaders in their community. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like I was one of those people. So that was the significance of the color and and the title. Um, Because I just felt this innate, like, desire to want to be a part of something special and Mm want to risk my life for something better. And so... I felt like Indigo was that for me. It was, and, and even though it's a fun, upbeat album and it's rooted in Black Pride, I wanted to keep it mm-hmm. joyful because Black Pride right. doesn't always have to be me talking about the woes of the world. It can just be me celebrating queer identity, um, mm-hmm. revolutionary identity, and just blackness. And that's what Indigo yeah. is. So, from for my new EP, like <laughs> it's so. What I love about it is. It's tied to, I would say, the the full tarot card. Um, okay. Because the full tarot card is about jumping, essentially jumping off a cliff into this new era of your life, taking risks, um, mm-hmm. like becoming a new version of yourself, entering a new era um, without, in a, in a sort of reckless way, like you don't really know where you're mm-hmm. going to land. But you're mm-hmm. foolish enough to take that risk. And so that's what the, the full card is about. And it's actually card number one. And so mm-hmm. that the significance of that, I would just say that is definitely what the EP is revolving around. Oh, okay. Like number one. So yeah. like, okay. Like is your life path number one or is that not related to that? Like I would say my life path is number four. Like I've, I've seen mm-hmm. four, four, four and, and two, two, mm-hmm. two everywhere. But I would say like, 
in the sense that where I am as an independent artist now, I'm in between. I'm I'm finally at a place where I've reached a great fan base. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm being talked about in a lot of spaces and entering a lot of spaces where I right. I finally have a new threshold. And so mm-hmm. I can't see where I'm going, but I know I'm going somewhere amazing. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what the fool is like. I'm foolish about right. it. I'm foolish and delusional about where my life is heading. <laughs> And so that's really what that is. Like, I'm just jumping into my future. Um, right. Knowing that the where the universe lands me is where I'm meant to be. Right. Taking that big risk. That's and I great. feel like a lot of people risk. can relate to that when it comes to, mm-hmm. like, after the pandemic. Well, during the pandemic, a lot of people quit their jobs and a lot of people yeah. jumped into new opportunities with, without knowing, like, where it was going to land them you know right and so that's what that is and whether that's jumping into new relationships or jumping into a new aspect of your identity um Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what being a fool is all about you have to be willing to take risks in life and so i think people will be able to resonate with that i'm hopeful absolutely Um, so if i go a little bit before indigo came out because i listen to all your music oh just to kind of get a feel for everything i think everything is like absolutely wonderful and you know and i came across your page because of indigo and you know of course i could talk all day about how i adored your music from that album but i want to take it back to maybe a little bit of actually let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your activism stuff because you're talking about um how you kind of were always a little bit rebellious Mm -hmm. and i came across an article of you in rolling stone um about the black tiktoker strike is the strike still going on did you guys make do you feel like you guys made substantial progress as like black tiktokers um towards what you were going for um and what are the problems that you still see with like tiktok tiktok's algorithm so there's still like the progress that we made is now people do credit black creators on the app, but mm-hmm. the issue still is that people don't credit black creators off the app. So for example, like mm-hmm. I'll use K Nine Bay, um, user K Nine Bay for example, like she made that saying the girls they get it get in the girls that don't don't, and like mm-hmm. she trademarked that saying, but white folks were still able to like use that saying on brands. Outside mm-hmm. of TikTok, like making money, right. taking pictures next to billboards with that on it. And that's something that came from her. Like that's something that she right. created and that really spread because of just who she is as a person. And so mm-hmm. even though we made progress in the sense that people created people on the app, people that are really booming and blasting off of the app are white creators that are still stealing the things that we say and do and are able to work with brands and profit off of the content that we create um, and the words that we say. And so a lot of black content creators have come out again with brand pricings and just saying people Mm -hmm. only want to pay me 500 or $200. I have over a million followers and white people are boastfully making TikToks about how they get 4,000 per video. Like, this is right. still an issue. And so I don't think that issues is, you know, going to be hushed. Like, I think this is going to be something that people write articles about again um, mm-hmm. when it comes to where what it means to be a creator, because it's kind of like a new role, a new job in our society. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, agreed. And there's no way to, like, unionize freelancers or there is socially. But are we going to be able to see a social movement for freelancers? That would be beautiful to me. Right. So I shit. Count me in. I know. (laughs) We are. I mean, every freelancer is struggling, so it's something to think about. But it it happens at the risk 
of people losing everything. And that's what people mm. are afraid of because they've built their right. livelihood on these apps. They've made these apps what they are. And then they get shadow banned for saying one thing mm. or quote unquote wrong. And mm. they can't get paid ever again. And so then it's like, okay, yeah. if I'm not making money, let me unionize and change right. something. And that is what TikTok is afraid of. So, Right. Yeah, we have to, it's kind of going back to your idea of the fool card for your EP in a little mm. bit, like taking that risk, you know, you don't know necessarily where it's going to pay off, Literally. but not having that fear behind being able to make this whole movement. Because before the show, this is not really relevant. Well, it's relevant to what we're talking about, but I was reading about the 3.5%, like there's a statistic that says if 3.5% of people um, are working towards a goal, it's... Mm. more likely that's like the threshold that you can probably get your goal accomplished that you only need 3.5 percent of people mm. you know everybody always thinks we need 100 percent of everybody to make something happen but it's I, honestly we only need a very small percentage to start to get the ball rolling wow and that's what i'm saying like it really just as long as the people that are the most affected are the ones leading that pack like Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of change can happen and change, it happens in little spurts and then it creates something major. And sometimes yeah. we don't give as much praise to the small changes like the black TikTok strike. Sometimes we look over it because we still see so mm-hmm. much work to do. But right. it is important to acknowledge the little fires because they could create something even bigger. I agree. Totally agree. And speaking of like unionizing, um, reminds me of Bandcamp. Like Bandcamp tagged you as one of their essential releases yes. um, over the past years, which congratulations. But how important are websites like Bandcamp to like, you know, this new artist that lives in a streaming world? You know, is Bandcamp your bread and butter personally? Um, or was it at one point? Because I know that you can still buy Indigo via Bandcamp. Um, like yes. how important is that? Because I just, I don't, the podcast doesn't go on Bandcamp. I'm not sure if it even can. Yeah, like um, uh, there's my most recent songs I haven't released on Bandcamp. And then, mm-hmm. But I do want to release my EP on Bandcamp, like those mm-hmm. collections of songs all together. Because what mm-hmm. I love is that it just goes directly to the artist. And Bandcamp takes a mm-hmm. small percentage, but not as big of a percentage of streams that Spotify and Apple Music right. and all these other things take. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a percentage that I think is more equitable. And the thing about Bandcamp, though, is that it's... Unless you're dedicating your life to uplifting Bandcamp and being paid mm-hmm. on Bandcamp, like it's not anyone's number one source of choice. Mm. And so, as an artist, having as an independent artist, having the mm-hmm. most awareness I can on any app is really important. And mm. what would change my perspective on that is if Bandcamp, like I love that they said I was an essential release, but if they actually went out of their way to partner with independent artists by doing paid sponsorships and just like Spotify mm. partners with artists and they do billboards in New York and title mm. partners with artists and all that type. Like all of these companies have a budget allotted to help certain artists propel their careers. And for Bandcamp to care about independent artists so much, I feel like you have to do more than say, I'm a distributing platform where you can right. keep most of your money. That's not going to work. Right. I mean, like YouTube. <laughs> like, ba- so basically like, you know, title has already set aside a budget and they're like, yep. you know, we're taking a larger percentage, but we're also going to give you like a nice billboard and Bandcamp's kind of like, we're going to give you a tweet and like, literally, sorry. literally like that's not enough anymore. And I feel like if you really yeah. care about independent artists, you need to make the effort to. I've never seen a Bandcamp 
Maybe billboard I, now that I'm thinking about it. Or an advertisement for Bandcamp. I've like, never seen only an advertisement for Bandcamp. I've never, yeah, I'm, now, now I'm, like, really, like, thinking about it. I'm, like, I've never seen, like, if you don't have musician friends, you have no idea what the fuck Bandcamp is, actually. You wouldn't know. Like, it's, it's one of those things, it seems like it's one of those platforms that's relying on the fact that they've been around for so long. But you need more than that in this industry. And artists need more than that to stand out. And so, honestly, that could change their whole career. I'm all into marketing, but... Like, mm. at the end of the day, the artist can't be the one doing the labor for you. At some point, you have to right. be able to partner with them and realize that there's potential here to do something greater with your platform. And that's just where they're right. lacking. So Spotify is yeah. one of my main sources. And it's like the the playlisters, the playlist curators on Spotify as well, playlist mm-hmm. me more than any other platform as well. So like mm. the connections I've made in the industry have allowed me to be on bigger playlists to have millions mm-hmm. or hundreds of thousands of follow- real right. followers. And so right. that's just where I'm at now. But I, I, I'm i always going to see an opportunity and hope that I can partner with someone like Tidal mm-hmm. or, you know, like a black-led platform, even though they, they're not right. owned by Jay-Z anymore. But just something <laughs> that is rooted in blackness and rooted in independence. I would love to partner with those folks and, and make something happen. Yeah, basically, I mean, I can't fault you for, like, who's giving me the bag, like... Honestly. Yeah, like... <laughs> it has I to be like, that I'm way, because like, we're doing it, it all out of It has to be pocket. that way. You have to make... I understand that you have to make a living. Like, Bandcamp, honestly, I feel like should be where Spotify... Not Spotify. Is where SoundCloud should be. Like, I should not yes. have... Yeah, I shouldn't have SoundCloud's name in my mouth. I should have Bandcamp's name in my mouth. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Honestly. And it's like, independent artists are getting this stuff out of the mud, whether they get paid or not. Like, that just right. shows you how passionate they are about their dreams. So, to, right. if you're going to be a platform that cares about the independent, then you got to support the independent with your monies. <laughs> right. So, everybody, buy Jordan's new EP off Bandcamp. Period. Don't, when it buy comes it out, stream it. you need to be there. Buy an instrument. Um, speaking of money, how hard is it to make a living off of music? Like, are you making a living off of performances? Yet, not to be invasive or anything, but like I want to provide. Yeah, this is a great question. Which many of them are like small musicians themselves or interested in being a musician. Like, what is like what are your rates? Like, what were your starting rates when you just starting out? Yeah. Were you doing things for free? Or when did you start getting paid? Like that sort of thing. Like when I started and out, how do you determine your worth? Really? Yeah. Like, okay. Everything was free. Like I, it was me performing in certain places just to get my name in certain Mm -hmm. areas and then after a year after well when the pandemic hit it jumped over to tiktok and so that opened up a lot of different opportunities and so i feel like as an artist realistically like every other month it's it's like a free being a freelancer it's like Mm. one month you may make over six hundred dollars from the gigs and the sponsorship with a brand partnership um the performances, whether they're virtual or in person, and then one month you mm-hmm. may make $5,000. You just don't know what you're right. going to get. And you have to prepare accordingly, and you have to save your money whenever you get it because the, all of that money is going to go into making that album, and all of that money is right. going to go into, like, you know, into paying. When, when we say team, we don't really always mean there's a team. We may have our, our manager, but... Mm-hmm. And we may have our one photographer that we love, but like you're kind of building things as you go, you know. So mm-hmm. when you're in that sense, you you have to find people that you trust and people that you know have a consistency and have a passion about your dreams and their dreams as much as you do. And so in that sense, it's like you don't really know where you're gonna land. Hell, you may not mm-hmm. 
well, I make money from my streams now because they're mm-hmm. they're doing so well. But there was times where I oh, didn't good. make money. I made maybe twenty dollars from my streams. Now I'm making right. over five hundred dollars sometimes. So that's good. Okay, and it's point zero zero six cent per stream. Like you know, so it's like there's right. not a livable wage for artists. And right, and um, I think as an artist, I found a way to diversify my income. Like I at mm-hmm. one point I offered songwriting and marketing sessions, but now I'm, I'm mm-hmm. planning the tour, so I can't do that. Um, oh, okay. So it's like uh, when I'm in a different stage in my life, I have to be willing to risk certain things and be willing to accept certain truths about myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means having five different jobs at once. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like like don't expect a million dollars out the gate. <laughs> don't expect a million dollars after like oh my gosh, you, nothing. You really gotta right. love the shit that you're doing to do it for free. Honestly, no, like. I want to say it's hard to say nothing happens overnight now seen with the success of virality on TikTok. But even those flurries where people blow up and they become signed, you never know how long it's going to last for them. Because there's always another artist that's going to blow up and sign a deal and sign their life away. And you never hear from them again. So even those moments. You want that foundation underneath you. You need that. You need the willingness for longevity. Like, And what I do now, I think what has helped me is I've built a loyal fan base for years. Mm Mm-hmm that are always waiting for my next thing instead of popping up once. And then the fan base is just getting started. Like I've built some type of community and right. in that sense, I'm always going to be able to have what I, what I need because I have community. Exactly. Community instead of just random people here and there. Literally. It's so important. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a break and go to our second game. Yeah. Our second game is bad news. This is our fill-in-the-blank headline game. I've gathered the gross, the strange, and the absolute worst of headlines that I could find and turned it into a game just for you. (laughs) And I've added a special twist because this time you'll be getting all headlines from the Onion newspaper and you must fill in the blank. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. (laughs) I can make up my own thing? You're trying to get as close as possible, but really the goal is to make me laugh. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first one. Poll finds Americans would endure at least 150 million dead in exchange for cheaper blank. Condoms. Condoms? Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's burrito bowls, but um, what? Kind of looks like a condom. What? Yeah, the onion. The onion headline was saying that um, basically it was arguing it was making a spoof of like. How Americans were like, oh my God, my burrito didn't come on time at the restaurant. Why is service so bad? And it was like, everybody's fucking sick, stupid. Like, Oh my God, but I kind of see that because that guacamole been going up. I'm telling you, Chipotle, queso. Listen. Whoa. (laughs) Chipotle, queso changed the freaking game. I don't care what nobody says i will pay the 275 for it every time every I'm time that's me and I, I budget accordingly just for them i budget accordingly maybe like <laughs> you know it's extra i know literally okay so and put it in a cup too thank you <laughs> at this point my rewards be giving me free stuff like y'all i'm deep in it it's bad for me i need to get on Chipotle rewards honestly. you need to okay. <laughs> get into it question two nasa announces plan to put blank on mars by 2040 to put Jeff Bezos? No, you're close though because his head does look like this. It was the moon on Mars. What? It was a spoof, 
<laughs> it was a spoof about how um, we keep just throwing our trash on the moon. So then they were just saying that we're going to eventually put the moon on Mars because we have nowhere else to put the trash. Damn, they, they see the onion, it'd be rooting in realness sometimes. Like A little bit, it'd be a little close to home. I'm going to give you that one, though, because Jeff Bezos had his bolt like the moon. So it makes sense to me. You're real for that. <laughs> Number three. Planned Parenthood mounts giant blank atop headquarters to harness sperm-killing power of lightning. What the hell? <laughs> what? It makes it funnier. Give I'm me just some. What say... is Planned Parenthood? What you get from Planned Parenthood? <laughs> uh, not abortion, child. Like... No, no, you don't put a giant abortion. <laughs> I'm going to say pregnant women. No, it's actually the opposite. It's an IUD. So I would hope oh. you would put a woman on an IUD, but... I don't know. I've been seeing those uh, WhatsApp little things where it's like, this baby came out of the womb with an IUD clutched in its fist. Oh I'm like, oh. It's the way I'm me. losing everything, but this is so fun. It's okay. You got the 10000 in the beginning. You got a good cushion. Like, really? I don't even have to try. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Right. Okay. This is another Planned Parenthood theme one. Well, kind of. Roe versus Wade theme Ooh. Pharmacist denies woman birth control pills on the ground that blank. It's kind of a sentence. Like a phrase. Pharmacist denies woman birth control pills on grounds that they vote. <laughs> no. <laughs> he denies it grounds. It's just another spoof. He denies it grounds on he is his, her future son. Bruh. He's like basically, I guess the article is like trying to say like, you can't take these birth control pills. I'm your son from the future trying to stop you from getting, from like not getting pregnant with That's me. That's further reason why I should do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this last one should be a layup. Number five, blank is testing new menu items with oversized Cheez-Its. It's you know two what? words and it's fast food chain. I see, I see it for Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. That's the end of our game. Um, I'm gonna give you like a thousand points. I really should streamline these uh like point systems, but I don't care. I think I saw Taco that, that Taco Bell one and I was excited because I like the Mexican pizza. Taco Bell is pretty good. Like, does it make me have to use a bidet? Absolutely. It does, but, but that's the experience, you know. <laughs> it's part of the experience. I swear the sauce is not as hot as it used to be. It's not, but it's manageable. I still get fire. Right. <laughs> so I want to like, I'm kind of jumping around, but it's all connected. I swear. Do you feel really strongly? Like, I know you're an independent artist and I, that's one of the things that I really love about you. And I, that's something that I love about like a good bulk of my artists, like Mona Leo. I love that she's like committed to remaining an independent artist. Yeah. Do you have, do you feel a strong commitment to remaining an independent artist as like part of your like essential being? Um, or is like one of your more eventual goals and I'm not judging you either way like make your coin um, or do you have like a goal or a plan to go a more traditional route sign the deal make money travel and you know do the whole nine the glitz and the glam honestly like for the majority of my career I've wanted to stay independent but also mm -hmm. like I kind of want to pay my bills <laughs> Right. So I'm like, I'm 50-50 and I'm indecisive as fuck because I'm a Libra. So there's really right. just no clear answer for me on this. I just, 
don't want to sign an exploitative deal. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. Like, I believe I should own my masters. And I noticed that mm-hmm. a lot of white women own their masters and a lot of white mm-hmm. men own their masters. But black people get tied into these deals where they don't own their masters. And so, like, if I don't own my masters, then I don't own anything. So right. in that sense, if I can't find the right deal, then I can just do all this shit by myself because my paychecks just right. keep getting bigger every time I I get more streams and that's what labels want to cut off. Um, right. And I know it's not millions of dollars, but at the end of the day, hoarding wealth is for assholes. So Yeah. And you know what? hundred percent versus, you know, you making somebody else a million dollars and still getting the same. Literally. Like, and it's like at the expense of what? Okay. Maybe you will have right. a billboard. I've had that before. And even though it was in my hometown, <laughs> there's still so many possibilities and it just takes hard work, but at the end of the day, mm. I am living out my dreams. I am traveling. Mm. Maybe it's not with this very expensive budget, but I'm following independent artists like Alex Isley and, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, Kay Mesa. I'm probably saying the name wrong. I'm sorry, but no. Oh, I, I know. Who no, you're Little about. Sims. Sorry. Little Sims. Oh, okay. Little Sims. Yeah. I love Little Sims. Like, I love these are people that everyone in the world knows. I mean, even Frank Ocean. Right. So it's like, if he was. Like, if he's such an amazing artist that he still was like, fuck this, like, I would rather pay to get myself out of this deal. It puts a mm-hmm. lot of stuff into perspective where it's like... I've seen a lot of artists say that, yeah. You know, like, at, at the expense of my my mental health, when I know I can do it, it's just going to take longer. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm in it from the long game. So I'm still leaning more 80, 20 for like, mm-hmm. do I want to stay independent? 80% mm-hmm. and then 20%. I could use some extra cash. So. <laughs> <laughs> have you been a, Have you been approached by labels yet? Or I have. I've been approached by a couple of labels, um, and it's it's one of those things where sometimes they follow up because they want to see how your music continues to grow, and then when you reach mm-hmm. a certain threshold, they're going to reach back out to you. And then there's new folks and stuff like that, but. Um, I feel like it was never quite the right fit, and I felt a stump like my stomach starts to turn, right? Because um, they wanted to boast about how many artists they have, and that's cute. But like, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do for me? So right, like honestly, like if you have too many artists, I like where do I fit? Right? <laughs> are you just collecting us, like you know, tender matches, or is this like really gonna do anything for me? Exactly. I mean, if anything, it showed me how valuable I am. Like right. they want to get with you right before you're about to release something like an EP <laughs> or an album because they can finally have their hands on that and they can finally make money mm-hmm. off of that. When you're doing singles, they're okay with that not being something they have a cut of. But now at this mm-hmm. moment where I keep saying that I'm going to have an EP, that's when mm-hmm. they start calling. So that's interesting. I never, I mean, I'm not like a musician or trying to get signed, but I never put the correlation between that. But now that I'm thinking about it, yeah i mean and you'll start to now that i've told you that you'll start to see a lot of artists where after their singles they get approached by labels and then they'll release mm-hmm. an ep or an album after because because i was thinking about glorilla yeah just signed to Hit and i was like the first i was like she's doing a lot of features right now i was like i wonder if she's gonna put out a body of work and then she mm. got signed and i was like hmm okay and i was like okay i guess we can expect something from her yeah soon and especially being from memphis like memphis it's a poor ass city. Like I, mm-hmm. I see why people want to just be signed, and who cares if they have to make money? Like finally see the money five years from now. In those five years, they're gonna they in their head they believe they're gonna be 
where Megan Thee Stallion and where right lotto and all these people are and so right like who cares if my name's everywhere and you know i get to travel and exactly and honestly when you live in a small city like this i get it i really yeah i i can never i never try and fault people like sometimes i'm like the music sucks after people get signed like i just have to put yes it has to become commercial like like a lot of times i'm i don't know i just like feel a bad taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. after the music gets signed but like I never try and fault somebody because I'm like, you know, I don't know what you went through. I don't know yep. how down and out you were. Like, yep. would I prefer that all of the artists that I like remain independent and, you know, be able to make their own money because I constantly see them complain about they hate their labels? Yes, yes absolutely. But like, you know, if somebody approached me with, the, if somebody told me I will pay you a million, you and both you and Adrian will get a million dollars each for the podcast. I might have to take it. Like, Would you take it? I like Whoa. I don't know. You have I'm to pay like, all of that back, but I feel you. Like, but like a million dollars. I'm like between the two of us, and I'm like, we talking about yesterday night. We was talking about yeah, we want to get a ranch. Like the ranches was like eight hundred thousand dollars. I was like, we pay that off in cash. Like live home free. But that's what be scaring me, y'all, because like everything you buy, you don't own. Right, and that's like that. But that's the part you have to think about. Wow, because like. I, I but like that when that money is direct like I don't know how my act if somebody pull out a case of a, a million dollars cash I really <laughs> might lose my mind like y'all probably won't be hearing me talk about if capitalism on this week I'll be like man I'm oh, quiet after that about? I don't have time for that look at that moment I'm like, like that's broke nigga shit like <laughs> like I I'm be like y'all broke I'm up like. for real but honestly <laughs> I'm excited for the future because I think independent artists are proving that we don't need to sign a full Agreed. deal like if you sign there's different deals now and there's actually in my opinion more equitable deals and i feel like mm. you can sign a publishing deal where the label yeah. promises to put you in a sync library to put you on video games and movies and commercials right and they get a cut of that and it's like you know what i can do that and still own my master and own my life and pay that back and so there's right. different types of deals where you can get that a million dollars and know for sure you're going to be able to support yourself and pay that back and become 10 million dollar rich like there's deals like right. that now because independent artists are showing that we don't need labels anymore and labels have to change yeah. so who knows like you never labels know what can't kind get of away deal. with the stuff they used to you said what oh i said labels can't get away with the stuff that they used to no can't lie no more they can't they can't <laughs> like artists are showing that we're not taking it anymore and that's the power of independent artists right there period <laughs> um speaking of lying ass labels it's time for the <laughs> Our third game is called Lie, Lie, Lie. Yeah. It's named after your song, Lie, Lie, Lie. I've made this game just for you. Yeah. Um, Love. It's all about lies. I'm going to give you some common facts and myths, some about, you know, animals, fashion, history, anything else I can think of. And your challenge is to figure out which one is the lie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Section one is all about animals. So number one, goldfish have a three-second memory. Two, one in 5,000 North Atlantic lobsters are born bright blue. Three, when snakes are born with two heads, they fight each other for food and will eventually die. Which one is the lie? I think number three is the lie. That is not true, unfortunately. Number one is actually the correct answer. Goldfish do not have a three-second memory. They can remember stuff up to five months, apparently. What? 
apparently they're a lot smarter than we thought. What I think about. Okay. Yes, when snakes are born with two heads, they will fight each other for food and eventually die. They don't fight in like moral combat, but they will like one will try and go over here, one will try and go over here, and then they can't really move, so then they end up dying. That's scary. Very uh-uh. sad. Not a lot of two-headed snakes. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Not a lot of two-headed snakes live. Side note, do is there a lot of snakes in Memphis before I start moving down there? Uh-uh. <laughs> There's listen, we got one river. And oh, the Lord. fish have all died because that's how dirty it is. Oh, Jesus. The Mississippi's that dirty? It's dirty, y'all. Like, Jesus no swimming Christ. in that. People kayak uh, in it, though, but it's a risk. My ass is like, I'm about to get a riverfront property on No, this you can to look at. Ugh. <laughs> to I sure it. was. I was like, let me get a little riverfront property in Memphis, Tennessee. It would be gorgeous. Never the mind. view would be pretty. The view is pretty, but just don't put a foot in there. You're going to get like two feet. Two had a snake type beat. Listen, and that's the thing. We have that Memphis River is dirty, but we actually have mm-hmm. one of the best aquifers in the world. I'm not joking. You can look mm. it up. And our water is okay. so pure. You can drink it from the tap. And people have tried Can't to say sue that us. about around here. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to go you don't have to buy a Brita with our with our water. It's the literally the oh, best. I need that. It's dope. Bro, I need that. Our water's so nasty. <laughs> uh, when I go to other cities, that's the worst thing. I have to do bottled water. Yeah, it's so it's nasty. Good. Next section, fashion. You have to pick the one that is the lie. Number one, white for weddings was not always common because white used to be considered a mourning color. Two, the fashion industry is responsible for 10% of annual global carbon emissions. Or three, luckily though, 50% of brands have a recycling strategy in place to combat emissions. Which one is the lie? I do not believe 50% of brands have a recycling strategy. <laughs> There's no way. That is the lie. Um, yes. It's more like 7 to 10%. And even those numbers are a little sketchy. Exactly. No, not when you're building your labor off of migrant workers. Absolutely not. They're just Like, man, assholes. the fashion industry is not good. It is not terrible. Good. And they're busting out what they claim to be new trends every season. So absolutely I'm not. so tired of trends. Like, I think everybody just needs to wear sweats and, like, <laughs> that be it. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I like, don't be caring. I don't. I don't care about any of it anymore. Like, I can't. Like, I have a closet full of clothes, and, like, I've worn this indigo shirt and, like, sweats for, like, three days straight. That's like, what I'm saying. It's about comfort, okay? Comfort and what like, makes you smile and what makes you happy. Like, I, right. you know, so many artists in the music industry – Yes, they walk the red carpet in a dress that they have to give back at the end of the night. Like, let's be Mm -hmm. real. Fashion. Like, why are we all doing this? Why are we pretending that this is okay? (laughs) Like, it's a dress you're trying to wear once. Why are we allowing this? This is ridiculous. Or even, like, regular people. I think it's even more ridiculous when it's regular people because it's like, you know, I'm not on TikTok because I just think demon app. Like, I'm sorry. I know that is your bread and butter. But something with my brain in that app, like, I can't. I don't know what it is. I don't like it. And what I hate about TikTok is it perpetuates fast fashion culture so much. Like, they partner with all of these fast fashion brands that they know are terrible. Amazon, Shein. But they do it for, like, the smallest of checks. And these people are doing these hauls. And it's clothes that you've already seen. You know what they are. They're just... And they don't fit people of all sizes either. So, it's just so disgusting. And I hate that it continues to perpetuate that capitalistic view that... What is in is right. in, and what's out is out, and we're on to the next. Like, no. Right. That you can't, like, I'm a huge, like, thrift store shopper. Yes, me too. Going, just because, like, that's how I was raised. But, like, I go in the store now, like, 
man, the polyester sheen is yeah. I can't even get a nice pair of slacks anymore. Like, why am I, I'm like touching it and it's freaking jeggings. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's too much. Honestly, I'm like, once it starts getting into the thrift store pile, now I have an issue. For real. And, and being an artist in the industry and saying that you thrift, it's like, uh-uh, you're poor, you're oh, nasty. Ew. And it's like, um, <laughs> I don't see poor as a bad thing. Like Poor is not a bad thing. And I think the fast fashion <laughs> is like, it's like a bunch of poor people trying to like pretend they're rich. And it's like, there's Literally. nothing wrong with being poor and like, you know, remaking your clothes or like mending stuff together. Just wearing it twice is not enough. Like, it's ridiculous. Make it last. I'm not yeah. trying to live like- up to anything. Like, you know that you're going to get a good fit. And then you're going to be like, where'd you get that from? And I'll be like, I got it from this lovely secondhand store uh, right. right over here called Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. All right. On to our last section. History. Number one. New York law banned women from smoking. Two. During Prohibition, there was a federal poisoning program. Or Three. People took and sipped Marie Antoinette's blood after she was beheaded. Oh my god. I'm sad because I lie? know some of these are true. Yeah. <laughs> History's dark. Is the lie New York law ban women from smoking? No. New York actually did have a law in 1908 that banned um, women from smoking. It was quickly overturned about two months later, though. What? The actual lie was that people took and sipped Marie Antoinette's blood. We're not that heinous. (laughs) They just dipped their handkerchiefs in it and kept it as a souvenir. See, (laughs) there's some dark reasons why I believe the Marie Antoinette to be true. And that's because the history of slavery in America. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) I mean, honestly... I would have believed that one. I would have thought that there was no federal poisoning program, but the U.S. government was poisoning people in the 1920s. Who I totally believe that because of the crack epidemic. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> You're on to something. That African-American history degree got you. Come on. It's going to get me through. That is the end of our game. Um, I am going to give you 2,200 points. because Ta-da! That brings up your total to 13,200. See, it's going to be hard to beat me. These other artists need to watch out. <laughs> I think Deja's number one. <gasps> Kayla apparently was robbed, so I might have to have Kayla back on nah, as a rematch. Deja, Kayla I got was one pretty more chance good. to win, so watch <laughs> out. Okay, so talking more about TikTok, you posted a lot of TikToks that ha- were like your If I Had a Verse series, um, which I felt like really stretched you as a creative. It was really interesting and fun to see. I love when you post them on Instagram Aww. and Twitter. Um, I loved your NPR series as well. Like if I had a tiny desk, yes. I thought those were so nice and creative and it was like such a good way to say like, you know, I don't have these opportunities yet, yep. but I imagine these, I dream. These. I'm manifesting. Um, exactly. And you used to offer songwriting classes as well. Will you offer those again at some point or like, is that something far in the future or is it just something that ebbs and flows kind of? Absolutely. I I see myself offering these on a more major scale. Like I see myself, you know, touring very soon. And then when I'm done with tour, I love to or as part of my tour, um, because I'm I'm also hitting some colleges. I don't want to just perform like I want to be able to like mentor um, in different music business spaces because Mm -hmm. I offer a new perspective to the industry. And so I'm willing to like offer my expertise in that sense. And then also after all of that's done, I definitely plan to open my songwriting classes back up in my marketing sessions just because I feel ah. like independent artists have to carve their own way out and our 
the way that we walk in music is different. And so mm-hmm. um, that's the reason why I love doing that, because I realized that, you know, I have this degree in music business and I have all this experience and I'm not a gatekeepy mm-hmm. person. I believe people deserve right. to know the truth about certain things and they don't they shouldn't have to pay three thousand dollars to go to a college to learn what really what essentially you're going to learn through experience. So mm-hmm. with the experience that I had, I offered those classes and most of the people that took those classes were all of well, all of those people were actually fans of me. And so when they met me, it was like I became their friend because it's <laughs> like this is somebody who I've seen grow and, and who I really admire as an artist and what they're about to partake in. And now I get to talk to them. So it was beautiful. Like it was it was humanizing, I think, because people don't yeah. know who you are behind the work that you the face that you put on in the world. But it was very humanizing and I think I wish mm-hmm. more artists offered those one on one experiences like that without such a large paywall behind it. Right, like, large I, I, paywall or like this expectation of like you have to worship me or something. Like because like, I just don't like I there's artists that I love that obviously, you know, I'm humbled to be in their presence, but for every artist, you're still a human to me. So still a human, still a regular person, still very I regular, agree. and I just don't subscribe to celebrity culture. So <laughs> yeah, I hate the power dynamic that kind of comes with it. Like I have my favorite celebrities that, of course, like I'd probably faint if I was in the same room, but like then I would probably pick myself up and be like, "Okay, you regular nigga." Like <laughs> literally. And I've been in rooms where there's artists that, like, I've always loved that I'm finally working with and finally talking to. And on my most recent record, If You Want My Love, like, one of the people Mm -hmm. that helped mix it was this artist that I've looked up to for years. Mm -hmm. His name is Soft Glass. And so, like, we we were on FaceTime together, and it was just, like, my head in my head, I'm exploding a little bit because, like, I literally, you you were my most listened to Spotify (laughs) artist in 2020, (laughs) and now you're helping me mix my next single so right it's surreal in my head but i keep myself contained because i'm like he's a human at the end of the day doing a mm-hmm. service for me and taking time out of his day to like care so much about his art like as an artist just like myself this is one of his side hustles so like right this means much to him in in a different way so like it made me come full circle and realize people are people like mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah i agreed um, do you have a rough outline of your tour, like locations? Yes, I do. Who are you hitting? What cities are you hitting? My dream places, like we're we're confirming places right now, but definitely I would say I'll give you five cities: L.A., okay. New York, okay. Chicago, um, Atlanta, and Florida. Those are those nice. are top five right now. And then if you can route in your head, like going down around up to the like to the north east then okay. you're probably right okay but i see you as such a chicago person i don't know why i guess maybe for the Murphy show but you were like yeah i'm thinking about like I if i had chicago. to move anywhere like chicago would be like that reminds me of the great migration i think yeah that was one of the route patterns too honestly um, and a lot of Chicagoans are Southern. Same with like a lot of Baltimoreans. I feel like there's a Southern culture. That there's a Southern culture. Like North. Chicago to Memphians feels like our sister city because, mm-hmm. and, and I think it is rooted in Southern black culture. Like obviously, like you said, the great migration, people running from the KKK um, mm-hmm. and they ran to Chicago and they ran to Harlem. Then they ran to LA. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was black people. It was also like, Latino people like it was also Mexican people and so just to see that 
like Chicago, what matters to me as well is like how that soul rips through the the rap scene, I mm-hmm. think, um, in today's time. Like my favorite artists of all time are definitely No Name and Saba. And right. it's because they just make me think. The wordplay and the music is so signature Chicago, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Their talent is just out of this world and how they stay true to who they are and their voices. Like, I think their influence, you can see in Tamino and you can see in, like, a lot of yeah. different other artists. Like, even Raven Lene is from Chicago. I mean, Jane mm-hmm. Doe. Like, you see Chicago influence on a lot of the new girls. Like, Raven Lene has inspired do, many yeah. people. You know, she she actually has inspired so many people without even realizing it. Her last project, yeah, oh, that I fear really one of my one of my favorite projects in twenty twenty two. Like, yeah, easily, easily, easily. Venom alone, easily. Oh. I'm, still, I'm streaming every song right now. Like, like I'm trying to see which to one I'm gonna make a verse to. Like, that's how much I love it. I just don't Ooh, know which one. If you but make the rest of cameo please. oh because why is the song so short okay i'll write that down because yes like, like ah, i'm yeah, trying to finish, see which one like, finish the song for us adrian and i have been complaining about that for weeks we're like the song is supposed to be longer there's more to the song exactly the song but she loves her like she's just true to her roots like i feel like she has made that house sound just like Katrinata mm-hmm. is a staple. You know, Raven Lynn mm-hmm. is a staple. Like, Absolutely. Hands down. And her voice, I actually cry when I listen to Wish because it reminds me of. Oh, me why are you with me? Like, like <laughs> I, she hits a certain note and a tear falls every single every time. Every time. And it's because she reminds me of Minnie Ripperton. Like, Mm, she does she does have that same kind of like whistly voice i have mini on my wall i don't know if you can see it oh mini icon like ugh, yeah dang. that's my favorite that's my favorite record like, honestly mini riverton oh like she's just queen so i feel like raven like she's probably not even she's probably like inadvertently inspired by her like a lot of people be like jordan mm-hmm. you sound like you're inspired by erica badu or something but like i didn't really grow up <laughs> listening to her so right. she's probably inadvertently it's like that was mm-hmm. definitely playing in her household as That's she grew old up. Gene. But yeah, the best. Um, that was a whole lot of information. Yeah, we know a lot about nothing, and that <laughs> reminds me of my fourth game, trivial trivia. Yay! This is going to be our last game uh, today, but trivial trivia is a trivia game where we see all that you know about a whole lot of nothing. I'll be nice to you this time and let you pick the category, and then I'll just give you an ABC answer, and then you pick from that. Your oh. options that you get to pick from are 90s and 2000s most infamous advertisement jingles, Make It Pop, a popular music extravaganza, okay. or Not Just Hamilton, iconic musicals of the last hundred years. I'm going to test myself with Make It Pop, but I fear <laughs> <laughs> I fear what will come next. No worries. Okay. Your first question is... True or false? Once upon a time, any type of music made by black people was labeled a race record. That's true. That is correct. Yeah! Man, fuck the music industry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this next one is going to be a soundbite. My Woman by Lou Stone is a sample for what song? Hint, this song was released in 2020. I'm going to play the soundbite for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I want to say Dua Lipa, Love Again from Fusion it Nostalgia. It is a Dua Lipa song. I'll give you the rest of the answers. Uh, it's either A, Dua Lipa's Love Again from her album Future Nostalgia, B, Flo Millie's Rich Man Single, or C, Rina Sawayama's Snakeskin from Sawayama. I'm going to go with Dua Lipa. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah! That was such a good album. Oh, that made me fall in love with Dua Lipa. I'm oh, sorry, like, no, honestly. Like, yeah. she kept, she, her name kept popping up in my classes, and I was like, who the hell is this? Like, because when I, I see like, white Dua people Lipa. do disco, I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> but, but she but actually, I was, yeah. She kind of snapped on it. Like, she it's snapped a good, a It's a good piece of work. I liked it. Me too. I'm, she, she definitely, and I love her commitment, like I said, to being weird. Mm. Like, her yeah. commitment to growing as an artist and being able to see her grow. Yes. I admire and she's fucking fine and she i'll is. be giving white people a lot lady. of credit for being i pretty. do not be giving <laughs> white people nothing she's very pretty she's i love her gorgeous. style i honestly really love how she took the i guess meme and the joke and like expanded upon it in a way like didn't exactly. make herself into a meme but was like you know what people don't really like this dance move i'm gonna really work in my dance and my craft and, and she minds her business so like can. i love yeah when white women mind their business love it because she really could have gotten up and been like Fuck you guys. You guys are like dance moves. You guys are broke. Like, you know, but she like, she took it and she grew from it. And you know what? I have to appreciate that. Like, I have to. Period. That's my sister. Your <laughs> next question is, which month is African American Music Month? Is it A, February, B, May, or C, June? June! Best month of the it year. It is June. It was Best June. Month. That's gay month. Black music month. <laughs> yeah. Did you perform a lot for Black Music Month? Listen, Black Music Month, like, they were sleeping on me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's okay. They what? slept on us for pride, too. They finna wake <laughs> up. Because that genius, that genius video woke them up. Like, we released right. If You Want My Love in June, and then the genius Which, video came right uh, after. And that woke them up. I got my, my, my phone been ringing ever since. Trust. Oh, like, I'm so glad that that song came out. I wanted to talk about that song. I'll probably talk about it after this game briefly, but like, moi, like the background vocals, moi, like, wow. <laughs> song has been on repeat. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Question four Where was Aretha Franklin born? Is it A, Chuckalisa, Mississippi, B, Memphis, Tennessee, or C, Birmingham, Alabama? Memphis 10. That is correct. Oh, if I miss this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, no, I this might have to ruin my career. Memphis, Memphis car. <laughs> All right, this next one is also going to be a sound bite. Oh, nice. What culture is the song Toxic by Britney Spears from? I'm going to play you the sound bite. So that is a sound bite from the Britney Spears song, Toxic. It's a sample. Uh, what culture is that song from? Is it A, Pakistani culture, B, Hindi culture, or C, Ethiopian culture? I want to say Hindi. That is correct. It is Hindi. It's a Hindi song. Um, and she sampled like the bass line. Like, dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh. I'm- yeah, they really did their thing on that. Did like, uh, I, this is my first time hearing that sample, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's my people. <laughs> I love a very good like 
obscure sample i also kind of like i don't know controversial opinion i really loved when like hip-hop and pop were sampling um bollywood yes and like that kind of uh i don't know what it's called but it's a special type of kind of guitar i think it's a sitar yes um, actually that was actually a prominent moment in history i remember ravina talking about it and she opened my eyes so much like yeah i love it was a really good i think we got a lot of good music from that and yeah like, shout out to the sitar and like mm. indian culture and hindi culture because like that era of hip-hop alone yes oh. <laughs> i mean beyonce was so inspired by that from the beginning of her yeah. career like and you can just yeah. hear it in her live arrangements like she is a studied Absolutely. queen like <laughs> yeah i love people who study like the entirety of music history not just like one section literally it's awesome um, but that's the end of our game. Um, you got all of those? All of those, right. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. I'm going to give you 3,000 points for that. So yeah. That's DJ, 6, you should be scared. 2,200 points. Yeah, that's what that is. That's good. Um, before we skip to your promo, I do want to talk about your song that we're going to like play after okay. this. Okay. Uh, your latest song, If You Want My Love, um, I think, honestly, like, this, for me, really embodies that soul gene that we were talking mm. about earlier. Speak um, I absolutely love the background vocals and, like, the people who did the background vocals um, and the live genius performance. Like, mwah, mwah. Thank you. Um, do you have a band? Is that, are the people who are doing the vocals on that song in the background, are, is that your band? Or yes, they've is- been part of my band. Um Shout out to Philip Bunn and Donovan. Um, they it's it's not just them, but it's also me on the background vocals. Mm-hmm. And when I recorded the song, I recorded just the lead first, and then mm-hmm. we went back and recorded the background vocals. So I had to feel the soul without the yeah. <laughs> the layering even being there. But it, that song just kind of takes you to a different place. And it does. Memphis, I, I feel like you know making that song. I grew up in the church, but because of like, I guess the trauma of being queer in the church and uh, non-binary, mm-hmm. I got stripped away from those roots a little bit because I wanted to distance mm-hmm. myself as much as I can. And yeah. so what that song is for me, it is an act of defiance in the sense that it pulls on those churchy roots, but it talks about something mm-hmm. so innate to me where it's like, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to conform mm-hmm. for your enjoyment and for your love because it doesn't make me love the person that I am. So you have to take me for who I am or have nothing at all. So that second verse gets me every time. Like that was excellent writing, like excellent, like lyricism. Thank you. That was excellent vocals. The layering was fantastic. I heard like a good bass in there. Like you heard it. I heard a great bass. Like, I don't know. So we're going to take some time and listen to your song. And then we're going to come back for final spin the wheel. Yes. All right, y'all, I'm Jordan Occasionally, and this is my new single, If You Want My Love.
I truly felt the love in that song. But we have Thank unfortunately you. reached the end of our game. Um, one last time, though, we're going to spin the wheel and see what it lands on. Jordan, your spin the wheel is guess twice rant. Yes! You have three minutes to rant about anything in the world that you want to. Let me pull up my clock and start my timer. Period. Clock starts now. All right. The first thing I want to tell y'all is that politicians telling y'all go vote after your human rights are stripped away is the most insidious thing I ever heard. Listen, your car could break down. Your home could blow up. Because of global warming. And what what they going to say? Make sure you vote in the right politicians to address that issue. Listen, why should we even have certain things on the bill to vote for? Bodily autonomy? Why should the government be in my booty hole, in my stomach, in my uterus? Uh-uh. I don't appreciate it. See, we have been trained and conditioned to believe that we have to do some type of voting and go through six different states and six different like areas to finally get the change we want and then after that we don't even really see change we see two years of change four years and then somebody else gets voted in and then you lose all the progress you made it's it's a joke it's not mm-hmm, true mm-hmm. but let me tell you what will change your life being connected with community members you know who gonna help you take that trek all the way up to the north to get that abortion your best friend, Susie, okay? And you don't have to look it up online and vote and do nothing about it, okay? So people need to be connected with their community members. People need to be connected to mutual aid. You commit mm-hmm. to that and you commit to changing your community and then you commit to changing the policies in your community. And mm-hmm. you don't have to vote to do that. You really don't. Right. Why? How do I know? Because I live it. I live that life. I'm about that life. I help people all the time. I'm in community, in real spaces, off the internet, like... Mm-hmm. Your life can change with that. Your street can change. Everything can change mm-hmm. with that. And it's when you come together and you rally and you find the people to make the changes. They don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. They want you to feel like you're so alone and you're so sheltered that you have to right. rely on them to do something. But they're going to do one thing for a couple months and then somebody else is going to come back and fire another pistol. And they're going to be like, oh, right. well, you should just vote about it. So right. that's not enough anymore. Too many people dying. Guns have more rights than you. Get on it. Be about that biz. Be about that life. You got 52 seconds left. And in my last 52 seconds, let's talk about that. Why do guns have more rights than people? And what happens to the kids after they're born? Nobody cares. The foster care system Mm -hmm. is in shambles. And people love to use, oh, well, you can just put your child up for adoption. Nobody cares about the kids. Why are you using kids as some type of gotcha for somebody having a Mm -hmm. child they didn't want to have? Like, it's sad. And as the children... Of, of some people who didn't want to have children. I can't, I, I was wanted and loved, but some people weren't wanted and loved. And they right. grow up and they have to find community and family all on their own. And so right. it's, we have a broken system, basically. And so trusting in the system is dead. Trusting in the community is where the power is. And that's all I got to say about that. Oh, perfect timing. Oh! <laughs> Great internal clock, Jordan. Thank you. Um, that is the end of our show Yay! um i'm gonna just like give you 
I don't know where we were at in points. Maybe like 16,000. I don't know. Let's round it out to 17. Yay! A full 17,000 points. Jordan, occasionally you have been a wonderful guest. Uh, everybody else, we've reached the end of our show for the month. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you. For everybody else listening, you can follow Jordan on Twitter at JD underscore occasionally. You can follow them on Instagram at Jordan Occasionally. You can follow them on TikTok at Jordan Occasionally as well. There are money tags, Cash App and Venmo, if you want to see them a little thing. Give me some money. Jordan Occasionally. Look them up on Bandcamp. Buy some merch. Visit their website. Share a tweet. Share a hashtag. And that's the end of the Halftime Show. Bye. Bye. That's the end of this episode of The Halftime Show With. The Halftime Show With is a subsidiary of the One and a Half Lesbians podcast. The spinoff is designed, written, and produced by me, Be The Half. Our theme song is a remix maniac spin on the original Price is Right theme song with edits by me. Episodes are edited by Adriana. Our interchangeable logo was illustrated by Vanika Bibra. Special thanks to our production partner, Amina Iro, our guest of the month, and of course, listeners like you. Thank you.